Hey, I'm Amy. And I'm Anita. And And we're we're sisters. sisters. We promise four things. Wisdom, real life experiences, some of what not to do, and lots of laughs. We aren't experts and we can't write a prescription, but we've lived a whole lot of life. Together, we've been married a combined total of 46 years to our spouses, raised four amazing young men, and one feisty girl. Help! We love podcasts, but we couldn't find one for our season of life, so we decided to start one. You are listening to the Hot Flash Podcast. Hello. Oh, it sounded like I said a bad word. <laughs> okay. Cut Let's that out. Let's just start over. Let's just <clears throat> That was so weird. Maybe we should keep it. Maybe we should. It's on par it with how like we roll. I said hell before I even said anything else. I was going to say hello. Did you want me to say the O? I don't know. It just wouldn't come out. It was just <laughs> it was hell. <laughs> Mama, I'm sorry. Uh, well, well, welcome, well. hot flashers. I literally might be having a hot flash right now because I'm embarrassed uh, by, my, by my hello. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, I need to stop. I All mean, right. that's going to get my tickle box turned over. Yeah, that's bad. Because, there. yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Well, hello, hot flashers. Yeah, Hello. <laughs> Don't, don't do it again. Okay. <laughs> I'm literally not going to be able to recover. Uh, we just wanted to give a quick shout out to one of our favorite hot flashers. Actually, it is probably our number one fan. She is fan. One. <laughs> We're having word problems. Okay, y'all, in all transparency, we have been recording for, for hours. hours at this point. <laughs> and the first thing that we did, and this is going to come on after... The podcast that we we just got through with, yeah, um, which was on October 11th, 11th, I think. I think it comes out, with yeah. Kristen Gall and Erica Rector, who are fabulous. We had an amazing conversation with them for well over 30 minutes. That we... Without hitting record. <laughs> so we're just a little... 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 We <laughs> can't talk. Frazzled. We're verklempt. We're verklempt. But we're getting through it. Yeah. So, but the reason that we wanted to shout out the Mindy Irick is because we did shout out the Mindy Irick when we didn't record it. We did. And we gave a beautiful um, thank you. Thank you, yes. To just thanks for loving on us, Mindy. You have been super supportive and you have just really encouraged and inspired us all along the way with like little texts or messages. You like Every single thing that we put up. And, girl, it does not go unnoticed. No, it doesn't. So we just speak incredible blessing over you and your amazing family. And thank you so, so much for just supporting the Hot Flesh Podcast. Thank you, Mindy. We love that. But we're very excited because not only do we have guests in the studio today. We have two. Who are live. I know. We have two. You guys are alive. Just so you know. We have our very dear friends, Sandra Teague (laughs) and Lynette Jennings. I always feel like I kind of sound a little alien-ish. It's It's not intentional. It's frightening, really, but whatever. Um, We are so happy to have both of you here. Yes! You guys can talk now. It is good to be here. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) These women are incredible women. Moms, wives, uh, grandmas. All um, the things. All the things. Plus, they are cancer survivors. They are. And they are, their stories are incredible. And we wanted to share them with you because we We know that it's going to inspire and encourage and probably, I'm sure, challenge. Mm-hmm. Some of you that are listening right now, and um, that's all good things because that's what we do here in the Hot Flash Podcast. So, without further ado, we will start, and in a flash, Lynette, yeah. just tell us about yourself. Oh my goodness, in a flash. My name's Lynette. <laughs> I grew up in California, um, and my husband's family was out here in South Carolina. We came out here, and... We fell in love with it and all the people. Mm-hmm. And I thought we were starting with how we met. Oh, with the, uh, that was that a cool too. story. Yeah, that that is a cool story. Yeah. Yes. But you guys can tell, tell it. You can oh. tell it. Yeah. Well, I don't remember what you guys were sharing earlier about being at 
Josiah's son, celebration. Mm-hmm. Josiah is your son. Yes. And yes. not only are you a cancer survivor, but your son went through a cancer journey and survived before you were even diagnosed. Yes. As a teenager. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that was where I first saw your amazing, beautiful daughter, Hannah. You have two. Yes. Uh, and they're both and amazing. Thank you. Can't say enough amazing things about the two of them. Um, <laughs> But that was where I first came in contact with you. So our, and then my sons are friends with Hannah. Yes. There's just a lot of connection between our kids. Yes. And that's really how we were initially introduced to each other is through our kids. True. But we met at the women's Women's retreat. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. That is so right. Yes. She roomed with us. And drank the grossest green thing I've ever seen in my (laughs) whole entire life. And you said that. It was like chunky green stuff in a container, and you even went. You forgot something you were supposed to mix with it. Probably, yeah. You like you ate you ate stuff straight. (laughs) You were like the healthiest eater, and it was. I don't know what it was. It was literally grass, word together with like oil and vitamins. (laughs) Oil. It's it was something. It was, was so sunny. gross looking, yeah, and sure you were looked. amazing because you're like, "This is I forgot my mix in," and I'm thinking, "I can't smell that right now." And <laughs> she was awesome because, like, she just she just came in with um, our friend Terry, who yep. has actually been on the podcast yes, as well. Yes, and um, we got to spend the whole weekend getting to know you and your heart and your love for Jesus and people, and it was awesome. It was on after then. We were like, it's yeah. true. Lynette. It's, <laughs> yeah. I remember us praying in the bathroom. We, I don't know how yes. we all, like, remember that huddled yes, in there? Because yes. one of us shared something on their heart. Yes. And so we all just prayed. And it was such a blessing for me because obviously we didn't know each other before. But the Holy Spirit's like, we need to pray. So yeah. that was a really cool. That was amazing. Great way to meet. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. It was yeah. fun. All right. So you said en- enough about me. I have four, we, Doug and I have four kids. And um, yeah, they're amazing. They're all young adults. And we have one grandson. Adorable. Hey, thank you. Yes. I think so. <laughs> Little Asaph. He's a delight. So. He is beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Love his little dimples. I do. Um, all right, Miss Sandra T. My turn. In a flash. Well, I actually, to add on to Lynette, I actually met her before we even all came together because my nephew is Jeffrey, who is now her son in law. That wasn't a thing at the time. So <laughs> I went to support the prayer time, and Jeffrey was leading worship. We're going to put a family tree up on our uh, notes <laughs> so is, everybody can It's really hard to talk about people. <laughs> True. <laughs> They're all like intermeshed. But everybody related. essentially kind of first saw each other. I even saw you in a picture, which is kind of crazy because Amy sent me a picture that night. Oh, my goodness. But at Josiah's um, celebration. Celebration. celebration where yeah. he was in remission with his cancer. Yes. Praise yeah. the Lord. Oh, my goodness. That was awesome. I love what you guys else about you, Sandra? I am Sandra Teague, and I am a breast cancer survivor. I was diagnosed in 2010. Um, I was raised in Michigan. Go blue. Um, <laughs> so all the stuff down here where it's, you know, back and forth with Clemson, Carolina, Clemson, Carolina all that. So I'm just like, go blue, whichever. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Go green. Right. <clears throat> whatever. So um, my husband is a native of South Carolina. So the north and the south have come together again. <laughs> And it's in been over 30 harmony. years. Most of the time. Most of the time. Except for maybe this morning. This morning's a little, we won't talk about it. It's like Bruno. We right. don't talk we don't about talk it. about Bruno. <laughs> Not that Jerry was, you weren't mad. It was just a, it was an interesting morning. Yes. We all have days. Just getting out the door yeah. was interesting. Sometimes that is the way it goes. So um, I have two daughters who are married. My oldest has Evangeline. Got to give these shout outs. Yes. And she just had baby Desmond. Mm. And then Emily's my youngest. And she had, she's my overachiever. She had twins, (laughs) Ryan and Reagan. (laughs) And then she just had a little boy, Henry. And they decided to do this at the same time. Yes. So. 
They are adorable, all of them. You are known as Demi. I am Demi, which is long the story for sweetest that. name. Um, and you're an incredible grandma, mama, um, all, the all the things. So, yeah, we're so happy to have you guys. Okay, so should we just dive in? Let's dive in. Let's do, do it. it. Well, we're talking about cancer survivors. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I guess we need to start. We need to hear the story so we can know how you got to the end of the story and the survivor, the survivor title and what that entails. Um, so Sandra, why don't you well, take it off and tell us your story? The story never ends. Right. It never ends. And um, I wrote down a little quote that I could share here. Um, and I'm sure Lynette will agree with this. It says, living with fear of cancer is having a whale move into your living room. One day it just appears and is always in the way. Over time, the whale can get smaller, but it never quite goes away. Maybe sometimes it gets down to the size of a magazine rack, and once in a while you bump into it. Sometimes it swells up in your face again, like when you have a mammogram and they call you back for an extra view. Mm -hmm. So your journey never ends. Um, I don't know if you agree with me yeah. with that, but every time something goes wrong, it's a fight with the enemy of, mm -hmm. okay, is it? So it's just, it's a, it's a faith walk of courage. Mm -hmm. And during my, um, like I said, I was diagnosed in 2010, and it was just, ladies, get your yearly physicals. I have no history. I was 45 years old and um, diagnosed with breast cancer. Could did you, did they find the a lump or did they find it, it in your mom? It was on the mammogram. Okay. I wow. couldn't feel anything. There was nothing there. Like I said, no history, no family history. Yeah. So So what was your um what was your schedule as far as like what your treatment plan? Like what did what all did you have to go through? <laughs> um I had um Gosh, it does start disappearing after yeah, so long. Yeah. I went through, I had chemo, and then after that, followed with 30 days of radiation. Wow. And, Daily? Um, five days a week. Wow. Oof. And yeah. then um, they put you on medicine for five years, and then they switch the medicine. I called it the young medicine and the old medicine, <laughs> because this one is for this age and up, and I was right in that, that spot. Oh, wow. Right. So... It's kind of like the pet at the dog food where you go from the big yes. puppy yeah. to the adult. <laughs> <laughs> Little puppy. Yes. Wow. Okay. Lynette, what is your story? Well, I can't remember when I was diagnosed as far as like the year and stuff like Sandra. She's got it down. But it was year before last. So yeah. do you like remember that? It was 20. It was 2021. Okay. We don't talk about 2020. No, yeah. 2020 yeah. was rough. But um, it was interesting because, and it, my story really connects with Josiah, our son. So it started, I really, I was thinking earlier, my faith journey started when I was young because my parents, they were sweet. They are sweet, godly people, raised us by seeking the Lord and living it out. And so I tasted grace. I tasted love. I tasted, you know faith. So sorry. Woo. But it's fresh every time. Yeah. But because of that, I remember when I was a kid and I don't know, probably, I don't know, sixth grade and I was trying to run or some kind of exercise, which I should never do because <laughs> apparently it's bad for me because I got water on the knee and had to go to the doctor and I remember laying there and he came out with this huge needle, Ooh. if you've ever seen him. Yeah. Yes. I've heard. And yeah. Oh, girl. That's why I don't run. <laughs> See? <laughs> See? So, but my sweet mom saw that I was getting nervous and especially seeing the needle and she had me turn and look at the wall beside me and on it was a mural, beautiful mural of river and and she said repeat to yourself psalm 23 mm. and so i did and i was just blown away by the power of scripture mm -hmm. and that he was living and active and the peace that came over me through that has carried me through josiah's journey my journey yeah um so goodness so when josiah um was in his journey, and his was three and a half years. 
of treatment. Um, and it was a daily chemo and then a different one every week. And then a third one every month when we would go to the clinic to receive some every two weeks. And then um, every three months he would have to go in for um, a spinal tap, oh. which as a parent was very oh. difficult to watch. So he was diagnosed at 14 years old and I have amazing God stories of how God just showed up because he just reminded me that, you know, we are not our own. Mm -hmm. Our kids are not our own, but they are gifts and we're to hold them loosely. So anyway, he, we watched him go through all of his treatments and the spinal taps were probably the hardest because they would, we would chit chat in a room and then they'd put him out down. Or to sleep. That's why I didn't sound good. <laughs> I was like, wow. But he just sleep. <laughs> he was edit, just edit he that was sleeping. <laughs> and, um, and then we'd be in the room. We had to be in the room and watch the spinal tap and the doctors and nurses all the way. And the whole time I'm just praying and, and giving him back to the Lord and trusting God's plans are bigger than mine and that he's got this. And... Then they would give him chemo to his brain, which was very hard. So one of the verses that got me through that was one, you know, just committing them to the Lord was um, uh, commit commit your works into the Lord and your thoughts will be established. And that verse has gotten me through life, really. Um, and then the other one is, I know who I believe, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day and you know our children are fully committed to the lord to do his will in them so i say that because his journey three and a half years was incredible stories of god's provision and grace and mercy are amazing and one of the many things he did was about halfway through the journey the doctor said he was going to start feeling like he wasn't contributing, like everybody was taking mm -hmm. care of him and yes. all all things. So one day, I he we were all in the backyard, and he went around the corner of the house, and everybody went inside, and I stayed out there. And I remember looking up at the stars and saying, Lord, you've got this. This is your plan. And just enable me and use me to be the wife and mom that I need to be because I didn't want to neglect my other kids in the midst of taking mm -hmm. care of Josiah because it was such a, a daily thing. Right. And um, and Josiah came around the corner and he looked at me with tears in his eyes, which was rare for him. He's very brave. And I said, what's going on? He said, I feel, and he named all the things the doctor said he would, you know, wow. like, I'm not contributing. I'm not, you know, this and this. And so I stuck my head in the house, called the kids back, everybody back outside, and we prayed together over Josiah. And Doug said, did you still want a dog? And Josiah said, yes, sir. He goes, all right, we need to ask God to provide a dog. He's provided so many things so far. Yeah. Because there's your companionship, there's your friendship, there's your job, mm. there's, you know, all the things that he had listed. Right. So we went back and put it on his Facebook page and... People started responding. Someone started like a GoFundMe and someone put up a dog. I was like, oh my goodness. So I was praying for a, like a service dog or someone, a dog that had been trained. Right. Doug was praying for a German Shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> and Josiah wanted some kind of doodle. Oh. So God, of course, being the God who delights in giving us good things, who takes care of us, who provides for all our needs, he did above and beyond what we could ask or think. And someone put up a picture of a dog that was literally finishing their service dog training and knew the trainer. And she was a German Shepherd poodle mix. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. Like. That is, you know, God is the God who sees. Uh -huh. So, and that's what he needed. So we prayed together. If this is what you have for me, then, or for Josiah, then, Please show us clearly that this is we're supposed to take on a dog right now in the midst of all this. And the next morning, um, someone contacted me and showed up at the door with a gift bag and said, this is for you to be able to afford the dog. 
So we chatted with her. She left, and we opened the gift. I let Josiah open the bag, and there was a check for the entire amount, and it was a good amount. And it was the entire thing. And so we just went, okay, that's very clear that this is supposed to be <laughs> that part of the That is the tangible like, move. Yes. Here you go. Thank you, Lord. I needed that. And I share that story because when— um, when I wasn't, when I started, well, I wasn't actually not feeling well. I was actually going to the gym and exercising and not getting water on the knee again. Thank yeah. you, God. But um, the dog just wouldn't leave my side. And sure, her name is Beta, B-E-T-A. And she started licking me right here on my neck, on the left side of my neck. And at one point, it it hurt which seems weird, but it hurt. It felt very uncomfortable. And I looked in the mirror and it was a little swollen. So when Doug got home and he's a, a nurse in the ER, he said, um, that's significant because dogs have a second sense or, you know, they are aware of things that we're not. So I went to the doctor and by the time I was able to be seen, it was swollen up huge. And even people at the gym were like, what's going on? I said, I don't know. I'm sure it's just nothing. <laughs> But yeah, I got I went there and it was lymphoma, and they didn't know at the, that time, you know, how bad it was or how how much it had spread right. or um, the things you you need to know or want to know. But we just I remember we just fell to our knees and said, "Well, Lord, you know, we've been on this journey before with Josiah, and we've seen you do big things, mm-hmm. and we know that your grace is sufficient and your strength is perfect in our weakness." So once again, you know, blow us away with what you do for your glory. And my heart the whole time is just, you be glorified in this. Right. So um, that week before we knew, because we couldn't get in for a week, was amazing. Um, because we just kept giving it back to the Lord and saying, you know, if it's like Paul, you know, if, if I'm supposed to go home, that's a good thing. If I'm supposed to stay here. That's good. Use it. Use it for your glory and fame. So, we found out it was um, only in my left node, really, you know, condensed right here, and very treatable. And like Sandra, I went through three different kinds of chemo and in two infusions and one injection. And they warned us that that one might hurt or damage my heart. And um, mm-hmm. so we prayed over all the possible negative side effects and then finished um, and I was feeling pretty bad Um, and in fact they'd put me in the hospital because they weren't sure about some of the issues I was having with my health and some swelling so come to find out um, in the hospital they thought it was my lungs Um, so they they sent me back home and then they started radiation and the first time they laid me down on that table, just mm. as you know, right? It's terrible. They make a mask that they put this, it feels like a wet towel on your face. And they, I say they mashed it down like this. Right? Mm-hmm. And so when I did radiation, yeah. they play music. Okay. And I promise you, every time I was in there, the Bee Gees were playing the Staying Alive. Staying Alive. It was oh, <laughs> Staying alive. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> do you like that song now or do you hate it? I, it are got you, me through. She's still well, alive. I'm staying alive. Staying alive. <laughs> that's your theme song. That's right. I love oh. it. Anyway, it was through that. Then, then I, they laid me down and my heart started doing something weird and things started. I couldn't, I couldn't stay. It's turned into like almost like a panic attack. Mm-hmm. And through that, thank you, Lord, they found out that my heart had been damaged from the chemo. And so I was retaining fluid, and that's what they were hearing in my, quote, lungs. Um, so that's more enough about me. Yeah. Yeah, more <laughs> of the journey. So, well, Sandra, will you tell us, I guess, more of how you found out it's interesting when you hear and you can probably attest to this whenever you hear someone else's story you're you're just walking through Mm -hmm. every every step of that yeah um like i said i went in for just a a regular checkup and i got a call back and of course oh you know everybody wants to brush it under the rug and first of all i don't know how people do this without jesus i do not i do not know how they do it that is true um 
probably not very well. Yeah. So because if you don't have if you don't have that solid foundation of Jesus to stand with you, you're going to sink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, even the strongest struggles. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I was did the they called me back did that then. You have to go for um, some other scans and this kind of thing. So I was supposed to get a call with my diagnosis, and I did not. So I thought, oh, I'm in, I'm in the, you know, the free zone. So I showed up for um, um, a doctor's appointment, and he was, um, he was highly recommended. And they said his bedside manner is not the best, but he's the best surgeon in South Carolina. Mm. So, oh, well. I guess I don't need another friend. I need a good surgeon. <laughs> Not what I'm looking for. <laughs> so I go in the room. It's Jerry and I, all of my family. I was raised in a Christian home with a mom who's an amazing prayer warrior. So, of course, Same. she's one of nine. We have a huge family. So, of course, they all start trickling over there. You know, it's like family reunion time to see what was <laughs> going on. And so uh, I walked in the room, and the doctor walks in the room, and it got really scary. Mm. And he stood up and he says, well, you know, we're going to start giving you options to to treat this. And I said, to treat what? And he turned around and he said, nobody called you? And I said, no, sir. And he sat down. I'm like, please stand up. Please stand up. (laughs) Just stand up right now. And um, he said, it's cancer. Uh And I first described it. You know how, have you ever been so shocked by something that every hair on your body yes. just stood up. Like just an adrenaline rush yeah. almost. So I when I was telling the story the first time I said I felt like I'd been stung by an electric eel. I have one one brother, one sister, and my brother, and you guys know him and his yeah. lovely sarcasm said, When was the last time you were stung by an electric eel? <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> I said that would be today. Because that's that's what we do in our family, you know, we cover it with with humor. And um so he just sat there for a minute. And, of course, I looked at him and I said, am I going to die? And he didn't answer me. That was hard. So. So where did you go? I went like, to my mama's. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was going to say, sometimes there's no place like home. There's not. Sure. We pulled out of the parking lot. I wasn't going to call anybody because we were just, you know, filtering. And I told him, I said, I have it together more than you think I do. Mm-hmm. I said, I, w- I want it out. He's like, okay. And he was one of those very aggressive surgeons. And so my phone rang, and it was um, my best friend growing up. We've been friends for a million years, and she lives in Alabama. She's like, and I, I started not to answer because I knew I would lose it. Yeah. And so... All I had to do was answer the phone. And she started saying, don't you die on me, don't you? I'm like, I'm trying. Give me some time. So then I get to mom and my aunts were on the porch and they just covered me in prayer. Yeah. And just loved on me. And they said, we're going to do this. And they all supported. However, that time frame kicks in where you feel like you're all alone in a room full of people. Mm -hmm. You don't feel good. You feel useless. Because, you know, mm-hmm. you guys know me. I do all the things. Right. And here I was doing none of the things. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so went in to, um, to see my oncologist, Dr. O'Rourke. He, he was the best. He was like having a grandpa in the room. Uh. And um, I asked him, I said, will I be able to see my children graduate? You know, I'm ready to write the letters and, you know, the <laughs> wedding letter, all the things. And he looked at me and he said, you'll be able to see your children grandchildren graduate wow. so that kicked into me yeah and I didn't have any then and um as time went on I was um I was a, a teacher in our youth ministry at the time and those kids I mean those were my babies and I have never heard prayer come out of little people like that group mm-hmm. and they supported me the whole time I had to miss beach camp that year which was mm-hmm. devastating and um they all wrote me letters. It was just precious. So, that is so, cool. so the prayers just just kept on, and um, mm-hmm. so then that's when, you know, all the chemo and all the scans mm-hmm. and all the fun times. Right. Can I tell a funny story? Yeah. Because it's heavy. It's heavy yeah. in here. So they had to um, they had to in- inject me the day of the surgery because they had to see where, what lymph node under mm-hmm. my arm that it was may have gone to. Okay. And um, so when I, let me back up, when I had the surgery, what they do is they trace that and they see if it's gone into a lymph node 
and then they dissect that right away. And there was one one lymph node that had like one little cancer cell in it. So he took 17 more. You only have 24. So praise report, I don't sweat under my left arm. So that's, that's good. good. That's you got to look good. for the rainbow. Yeah. Yeah. I know we decided to hug you on <laughs> every <laughs> single time. That's in, in the summer, it's to the left. <laughs> <laughs> so these um, the, the morning they were injecting the dye, they says, now we're going to have two ladies come in the room, and they have to sign off that it went into your body, and you have to sign off and a witness. I'm like, oh, okay, what is this? So they put me in. I called it the electric chair. It, it was wooden. It was against the wall. And she said, now this is going to hurt. I'm like, well, hallelujah. Because, <laughs> you know, sarcasm. <laughs> and so she said, just hold on. So they come in with this plastic tube. It's it's smoking, y'all. It's it's mm. like it's like fresh out of the freezer, oh, whatever. When they injected that, I I've had kids. I have never experienced that sensation. I literally tried to climb the wall, and I was laughing like a lunatic. <laughs> and she she had told me prior to. She said, "Once I do this, if you'll rub it, it'll go away faster." <laughs> Well, I was I was too busy climbing the wall and laughing, so she leans over and she, she rubs, rubs a spot. And I looked at her after it was done. I said, "Now you owe me a steak." <laughs> so you, you have to find humor in it. But um, yeah, true. so then I did all the things and started chemo. But you know, there was a time um, that I asked, "Why? Mm. Why God? Why me?" All right, then your prideful little self, I've done this and this and this and this. And, you know, I try to do what I should and and I teach and I do all these things. And I was expecting this big, long, you know, paragraph of explanation. And he said, why not? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He said, this is a journey I've called you to go on. And if not you, then who would you choose? Mm-hmm. Did you answer that? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm, that's a great question. I was yeah. sobbing uncontrollably. Yeah. So, um, and, and I said, well, we're going to have this conversation. I'm, drive, I'm driving to work. After I pulled myself together, I'm driving to work. And um, I said, he said, turn on the radio. I said, no, we're going to talk. You know, like I'm in charge or something. <laughs> turn on the radio. And I said, no, I don't, I don't want to listen to music. I love listening to music, praise and worship. And he's like, Nope, turn on the radio. And as soon as I hit the button, it was the first note to I'll praise you in the store. And I said, fine, what do you want me to do? And as clear as can be, I heard, you do cancer well. Mm. Just do it well. That is something I've heard from both you guys there. I've heard that from you, and I've Mm. heard that from you as well, Annette. That was your kind of your mantra, I think. Like I've I've never I've never heard either one of you debate the why. Mm-hmm. Ever. You've always just been like, I just want to do it well. Yeah. I just want to do it well. And that is a huge testament to um I mean really to both of you for mm-hmm. just taking what it is that's been put into your life and figuring out how you're gonna do life with that. Yeah. And then point to Jesus the whole time. Yeah. And it's amazing. And that's a choice. Yes. So where do you think that came from? Like, I know maybe that's kind of a, I don't know, silly question, but what what type of relationship Mm -hmm. did you have to be able, was it it a long relationship? Was it, like, would it kind of, I guess, speak to that, the relationship that you had built prior to your, um, your cancer diagnosis. And I think we need to specify it's the relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's not the yeah. religion. It's not it's the, the relationship. Re- right. That's right. And that's that's the difference. And I don't yeah. think there's an, a time frame. I mean, even though I was raised in a Christian home, you know, I walked my own way for mm-hmm. several years. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's yeah. a loving, forget, we, he never gives us back. That's right. Um, but um, I just... It goes back to that foundation. And do you really believe what you're reading? Yeah. And it's a, it's a faith thing. Um, I was talking to a friend yesterday about some things. I said it all goes back to do you really believe that all things work, work together to good? Yeah. That's right. That's right. Because everything can glorify him. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. And do you believe that he is good? Mm-hmm. And do you believe that he is in control and sovereign and working all things 
for your good and for his glory. And if you believe it, I was thinking, you know, earlier, the more we know him Mm -hmm. for who he is and the fact that he did not spare his own son, but freely gave him for us. How and he will not withhold any good thing from us. So we, we go back to that, who he is and what he's already done. It's foundation. That's our foundation. And if yeah. he doesn't do another thing for us. Right. He's done right. enough. Right. No, he's already done more than we yeah. could expect and loves us perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in the midst of this journey that you guys are on, Sandra, to know Sandra is to love Sandra because she comes with notes. I like that. I know. Yes. That was impressive. That was, But that is Sandra. That's <laughs> in, a, in a nutshell, because she's super organized, loves all the things. When so the one says to be prepared always, I take it literally. You take it literally. <laughs> You're praying, Lynette's praying in her car. Yep. Sandra comes in with that. Say, Where's my notes? <laughs> but one of the things that I think people, so when you have a friend who gets cancer, mm. So, so many times, like, you don't, you want to do something for that person. You want to help that person, but you also don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So what are the things that people mm-hmm. have done for you guys? And some of the things that people maybe, we like to call them pet peeves on your card, Sandra. Oh, diagnosis pet peeves. It's diagnosis right there. There you go. <laughs> and I only did there five and ran out of cards. What? <laughs> What are those things? Like, what are the things that you would just encourage people if you have somebody that is walking this road? Maybe this is not something. Because one of the things that that you do is you, like when Lynette got cancer, mm-hmm. you immediately mm-hmm. reached out to her mm-hmm. and like told her you're going to need chapstick. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to, like you, Very that's your heart. Things. Practical things. Right. So what are those pet di- diagnostic pet peeves? From Dr. Teague over here. <laughs> From Dr. Teague. Um, well, I, I I would like to start with answering what the biggest thing, what to do. Just be in the room. Yeah. yeah. Just be in the room. Yeah. Um, my dad was dying of, of cancer, and we were early to the merge of Renovation Church, and um, he was at hospice, and my mom were, we were in there playing Rummy Cube, because that's what we did. And dad was asleep, and Jerry, Jeremy, Pastor Jeremy came in the room, and he just walked over to him, and he put his hand on his bed. I didn't say a word. I thought, I'm not interrupting that. <laughs> and then he walked over. Well, we started cleaning up the game. And he said, don't do that. Teach me how to play the game. Oh. He didn't make us read. He knew what we were going through. He was just in the room. You know yeah. what I mean? Be where they are. You don't have to fluff it up. Anyway, that's on the list. But anyway. Okay. okay. All right. <clears throat> um, diagnosis pet peeves. Um do not tell a cancer person scary stories. Well, my great aunt Ethel, you know, she had cancer four <laughs> times and she didn't make it. Oh God! True. How many? How many stories? Truth, so many. Oh God! That's you know? terrible. Well, you, you know what? You you just keep fighting. You know, they lost their whatever. They start naming body parts and. Oh God! Yeah. So I had to get to a point, and it's one of the things that that I tell newly diagnosed people, you don't have to listen to those stories. Yeah. That's right. You can kindly say, you know what, is this a positive story? Because I'm I'm fighting a battle right now. Yeah. Right. And it's not that you're in denial. Right. It's just, come on. You don't need any more. Yeah. I mean, did you that. agree with that? Did you have Oh yeah. And in all truth, God is writing our story. Mm-hmm. And our, everybody's story is different and yep. unique, just like us. Like yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is his story and so not Aunt Ethel's. Not Aunt I always Ethel. told people we're going to write a book, <laughs> cancer patients, called Stupid Things People Say. <laughs> um, do not tell them you'll pray for them and never check on them. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. That is good That's one. good. How many times do we truth. do that? Oh. Truth. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's a good one in general. I was going to mm-hmm. say, That's a just good life. in life. There's yeah. a quote I heard um, from a local pastor. I may be... Yeah, butchering it up a little bit. But sometimes we say, we'll pray for you, and it's an excuse for inactivity. Yeah. So that's because you do feel, you don't feel like you you belong anymore. So that's a tough one. Mm -hmm. Just text message. Just check on them. Yeah. Um, Do not tell them to let you know what they can do. Just let me know what you can do. They're not going to let you know. Mm -hmm. Like I said, just be in the room. Yeah. Take a meal. 
send a text message. They just want community. Yeah. Because yes. they're they're so tired and yeah. and and all the things. Um, number four. <laughs> she flips the card. <laughs> you can tell I have a Baptist background because all of these have five points. <laughs> this is funny. Um, don't tip or don't tiptoe around it. Grieve with them. Mm. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of times I'll just go hug them and say, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Cry with them. It's not don't ignore it. Right. They want to talk about it, don't don't we? I mean, mm-hmm. you want to tell the weird stories about the smoke coming out of the t- all, all those things. You want to tell the stories, it just helps. Um talk about the hair loss. Uh, you don't have to shave your head. It's not necessary. Um, but talk about it. Uh, let's see. Good. The only other thing I wrote on there is just buy them the dangly earrings. Yes. Yeah. The big dangly mm-hmm. earrings. And that's one thing that they told us. And as far as, you know, encouragement, there's some some really cool things they do um, within the, the, the treatment time is they do this. It's a class called Look Good, Feel Better. And they teach you how to wear the dangly earrings. You know, you can wear a wig, you can not. How to do your eyeliner so that it looks like you have eyelashes. Oh, yeah. So, Which I still don't. Guys, I, I think I, tell. I think yeah. I have four now. <laughs> but yeah. you're wearing dangly earrings. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Look. Yeah, you can't. I actually remember when you got cancer, Lynette. Really? That was one of the things that we... we um, Sandra, you may have been the one that started mm-hmm. it, was we bought you dangly yes. earrings. Yes, People bought you dangly earrings. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Mm-hmm. The it's small so thing. Yeah. make the biggest difference. It really it's does. It's yeah. not, yeah. Just be in the room. Don't, don't quit being their friend. And it's, yes. it's not that they mean, because life goes on. Yeah. Everybody right. else is still doing their normal. Right. right. It's true. It's hard. Yeah. What else you got on these cards there? <laughs> well, I was thinking, yeah. uh, like, one of my friends during my journey offered to buy my groceries, and okay. she would contact me every week and ask for a list. And she was so sweet because she'd be like, that's not enough. What else do you need? Oh. Okay, I'm almost to the store. What else do you need? And so I would literally have to go to my fridge and my pantry. And, oh, okay, I guess we need this. But I was hesitant because she was always paying for it, and she would not let me pay for it. But that was one way she ministered to me. And it was beautiful because not only did she do that for me because my immune system was so low that it was really not wise to go to the store, but she also then would show up and sit down, and my sweet husband had set a chair and table for me. Do you guys remember that? I remember. We, yes. I remember, yeah. Off to the side. And then whoever would come over, by God's grace, he had just moved us into a home that had a security system where I could unlock the door with my phone and let people in without actually yeah. opening mm-hmm. the door. And I would sit in my very comfy chair and under a blanket, yeah. right? Yeah. And she and you guys would come over and sit at the dining room table, and we and it was the fellowship that I mm-hmm. needed. Yeah, that's the biggest. Without you know any danger, it was just a really neat setup, and to have people just stop over, come by, and uh, oh, provide. And the hard part is don't hug them; their immune systems down. Right, and we're all such huggers. It's yes, like, I'll hug you from here. Yeah, because you need it's to protect true. them. Right, it's true. Right, it's true. that's a good one. But yeah, like Hannah and Terry did. Um, Birthday party for me, and, mm-hmm. and yes. you guys. It was all, a drive by. Yes, a drive by yes. party sweet. that was so sweet and had me sitting on the porch. And yeah. I had literally just received chemo the day before, and so I was mm-hmm. a little tired. But it was, it was beautiful. It was such a sweet thing. Another thing I thought of that was a cool. It was a wonderful thing during Josiah's journey. A friend, someone I'd met, um, an acquaintance that became a friend. It blew me away. She, she had her house cleaner come to my house and clean it every time Josiah would have to go for our little treatment, our weekly or monthly wow. treatment. And she would fully clean the house. She she um, understood as far as, you know, his white count was down and his immune system was compromised. So for me to come home from the hospital to a clean which, home, to a clean home yeah. it was it, knowing my son was coming into a clean, clean atmosphere, yes. yes. And um, it just was amazing mm-hmm. to me the way God provided. Honestly, when he was first diagnosed, 
He was in the hospital for quite a while. And one day I'll share with you all the stories because it's we'll amazing. <laughs> <laughs> really, the God stories just blow me away one after another after another. And, and um, one of them was when he was ready to go home. He, well, friends found out and they had already come all, to, like you guys, all shown up and helped out emotionally, physically, financially. And they said, wait, we need to clean your house. So they, they had their house cleaner go before he first like left the hospital to go home, clean the house. And another team of friends was like, wait, what kind of bed is he sleeping in? Does he have a hypoallergenic mattress? Does he have this? Does he? No, he doesn't have any of that. They all pitched in, got the key from Doug, went to the house, got it a mattress that he could adjust. It was hypoallergenic, wow. brand new sheets, all the things. And he called a buddy and said, can you clean their air ducts? Because I don't want him going home and breathing that, all that right, right dirty right. air. So the buddy, he's like, oh, I can't, I'm booked, blah, blah, blah. So he told us, all right, let's pray. God will do it if it's supposed to be done. The next day he calls, the next morning he says, all right, dude, what's going on with this What's the story? Because God will not let me uh, not go clean this. He goes, I had to rearrange my entire schedule. What is going on? What's the story? <laughs> well, it must have been needing to be done because God did that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what he does. He provides for his children. He does. In, yeah. in ways we don't expect. And it's always to bless us, encourage, and strengthen our faith. Yeah. You know, right. For our kids and our family to see that. Yeah. yeah. One of many stories. I love that, oh. and that's part of the point of just yeah. just be in the room, just hear yes. the need, do the, do the need, um, grieve with them, and celebrate with them. When I came yeah. home, or uh, Pastor Scott at the time, my whole front yard was full of pink ribbons. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, amazing. It's, yeah, it's like a memory you'll never forget. No, yeah. and like, I forget a lot of things. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's like Me one of too. those you tuck away for a rainy day, mm-hmm. and yeah, and then you can. Pull that back up, and know there's just right. so many. Because by that, that point, left. you're exhausted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, you're, but you know, at the at the cancer center, you get to ring this bell, and I yes. must have had four like cell phones in my hand because they just they wanted to hear wanted me to ring hear the bell. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, we probably are getting a little low on time, but I just have a question for anyone who's listening right now who has received a positive diagnosis of you are you have cancer what would you guys tell them how would you encourage them what would you say cling to jesus yes um what helped me i journaled my journey Mm. write it down because you're going to have chemo fog and you're going to want to go back and read it yeah it's amazing and i don't journal and I have a very thick journal of this journey. Mm. Um, yeah. I don't journal. And so the Holy Spirit kept telling us to do live videos on Instagram. Yes. Do you guys remember those? Yeah. Oh, man, I was so nervous. <laughs> not today, yes. God, not today. But God would always prompt us, you know, or either me or Doug and I. And we did it out of obedience mm-hmm. and to watch the way he used it and to watch him give us the words. There's a verse I love that says, um, um, of course, it's gone right out of my mind, that God, you know, it's like the um, the rain that always, the rain that comes and waters the earth, mm-hmm. it does not return, return void. void. Thank you. Five. Yes. I love that chapter. I do too. And it kept coming to my mind and that, that God will will do a work. He'll give you the words. And I always think of that verse that are edifying for the need of the moment. Because mm. only he knows who is listening, who's there, who's needs encouragement, like you said. And so when you asked that question, the first verse that came to my mind was, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am God. I will strengthen you. And I will help you. I will uphold you. With my righteous right hand. And he does. Sorry. Make a joke, Sam. <laughs> and I'm back. <laughs> um, and, and encouragement. And in the middle of encouragement, the word I held on to, I still do, it was the word courage. It was everywhere. It was on the side of a semi truck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
And it said, I mean, Lord just sent me a sign. I'm I'm feeling kind of bad today. And here comes the semi truck. I'm not even kidding. Courage is fear that has said its prayers. Yes, I love it. And so for um, Mother's Day that year, my family um, got me this this book, and it's called Courage. I'm not going to read it. I know we're low on time. But the last page says, courage is what we give to each other. Yeah. And then in the back of it, my daughter um, put a quote by Eleanor Roosevelt, and it says, you gain strength, courage, and confidence by every experience in which you really stop to look fear in the face. You must do the thing which you think you cannot do. Mm. Mm. Truth. Mm. It's interesting because that was Josiah's word. word. Yes, it's the word he gave us for Josiah. And what was cool was Doug had been sent to Afghanistan with the Navy. He's in the reserves. And he felt led to get all the kids a dog tag. And he had all of them. He had put. He prayed for a word for each of the kids. And guess what Josiah's word was? Yeah, and that was a year before his diagnosis. Wow. So he took that into, you know, his surgery and putting in the port, all things. I have a funny port story, but I know we're out of time. <laughs> There's so many stories. <laughs> There's so many stories. But yeah. and one thing I would encourage, because it changes your life. It changes how you look at things. You don't sweat the small stuff. You don't sweat the big stuff. You yeah. know, I just try to stay in that zone. And one thing that um, that I try to remember, I don't care if you're driving a car or if you're in a fast food place. Or I've never in my life seen such ridiculousness. But when you walk up to a cashier, you don't know if they just got diagnosed. If they're rude, that's right. That's fine. You be kind. Because mm, yeah. you don't know what they're going through. Because there was a day that I walked into a store. And they had no idea what was going on with me. Right. So just be kind. Yeah. You're supposed to anyway, but. <laughs> yeah. We actually, in the last podcast, and I wrote it down, um, Erica said, kindness and love always prevails. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Which isn't that what Jesus tells us to do? Yeah. yeah. It's true. Absolutely. It's true. Absolutely. This has been so good, and we are so honored that you guys came on to share your stories and share Josiah's story as well. <laughs> Um, and for anybody hearing those words today, or maybe you're not hearing them today, but you might hear them in the future. Um, or if you know someone. Or you know someone. Yeah, there's hope in Jesus. That's right. And, That's right. Um, and also make sure you love on people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> love people well. Do it well. That's right. Yeah, thank you both so much. We thank appreciate you. it. Thanks. For and... Hot Flashers, that is it for today. So we are so grateful for you and grateful for you just taking some time to listen. We hope that you have been greatly encouraged by these two amazing women and their story. And just remember to be kind to people, to be obedient to those quick ideas that maybe run across your mind because you have no idea how impactful that's going to be on someone, Mm -hmm. um, whether they are going through cancer or not because we have opportunities like that every single day. Um, And know that there is a God that loves you. He has put you here on purpose with a mission and do that mission well. We will see you guys soon.